can't hide be real. We back at it like a bad habit. Yeah, we what? Back at it. Like a what? Bad habit. Yeah. <laughs> bro, what you got there, bro? You've been sitting bro, there for like. Bro, man. So, man, little, little man's healthy, bro. So, okay. at the Alkaline Hour, okay. they do have women's healthy as well. They got more products, but it's all natural herbs. Right. So, you need to get you some of that, bro. You got to try it. Man, I thought it was some moonshine. <laughs> Nah, man, this is uh, some men's healthy. So this one has got okay. the uh, testosterone, helps with the liver iron, uh-huh. um, and then you know for the for the people that do, you know, if they have a erectile dysfunction. Right. It's, it's going, you know what I'm saying? Man, what's, and what's this called? Uh, this man's healthy. Man's healthy. And what they can be good at? So they got one in Dallas in the Dallas area off Marcellus, and then they got one in Plano too. But yeah. all natural herbs from any herb you can think of, the elderberries, the ashwagandha, all this natural. So none of that. Store process, store about this is real. Oh, that's real. Yeah. Hey man, I drank some of that one time. You put me on that. Me too. You, you, you watch, you watch movie Black Panther. Y'all seen Black yeah, Panther? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know when yeah. he got them powers. Yeah, that's a drink. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I need to go get another bottle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 the Alkaline album. Hey y'all, hey, welcome so back to another shot. episode of the Can I Be Real podcast, man. This episode is sponsored by the Love Deposit Studios, man. If y'all want to get some love, some deposit. Some withdrawals, man. Come down to Love Deposit Studios. They'll take care of all your studio needs, man. Located in downtown Dallas. And last but not least, we got one more sponsor. Yeah. All of yeah. my steps. All of my steps, man. Hey, look at the feet, man. They see, hey, they see, we stepping today. Everybody's stepping today, yeah, man. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, all, yeah. all of my steps five, man. Y'all see the lineup. Y'all see yeah. the display. Yeah. Every week we coming with right, some feet. right here is, is crazy, though. I ain't gonna lie. Nah, them joints crazy. Them crazy. But them, them pink ones at the bottom. Feel, feel, feel oh, you know, for sure. Feel the inside. The inside? Heaven. Heaven. Yeah, that's different. That's, different. that's a piece of heaven oh, in the inside of that too, man. What is Art of My Steps? So Art of My Steps is um sneaker. It's a sneaker um website that um they have all the premium Jordans, dunks, mm-hmm. um all the new hot and latest shoes. So mm-hmm. instead of waiting in line, mm-hmm. you go online, order your steps, five.com, you get the latest and greatest, man. Okay, cool. Deliver right to your door or they do um if you're in the Dallas area, they do scheduled pickups. Okay, cool. Yeah, man, order my steps five.com. Hey man, hey man, but we here, man. It's yeah. beyond the motivator. Man, King Miles is legendary, man. We yes, in the sir. Beard, in the we in the hey, and who we got today, my boy? Man, who we got, brother? Man, look, this is Jeff Green. Yes, sir. Uh, the entrepreneur, the yes, father, sir. the uh the young businessman, the sponge, uh the humble one. Yes, sir. And uh, the Quiet Taurus, yes, sir. Uh, the Cavity <laughs> Podcast, yeah. and a few other ventures. Yes, sir. This is Jeff Green that you're hearing right now, man. Yes, sir. Yes, yeah. sir. Thank you guys for having me on. Hey, we we'll appreciate you, Jeff. We appreciate you, my boy. Yes, appreciate you. Welcome to the Can I Be Real Podcast. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, let's jump right into it, man. What's up, brother? Hey, man, how y'all week been, man? Like, what's, you Solid know what I'm saying? Week, what's, what's, the, what's the temperature? Solid week, man. I'm right now, mentally. Yeah. Probably the good. Uh, eight, eight, eight. Well, I'm, feeling, I'm feeling pretty good. You came up. You was, you was a little bro, seven and a half. Yeah, bro. I'm at eight, bro. Just uh, I'm, I'm really just tired from the traveling, but, but ye
That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So what about you, Jeff? I would have to say I ain't too. Yeah. My niggas, my minus two come from being sleep, uh, wore out from the week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Just yeah. need to get some sleep. But other than that, man, I'm, I'm fired up. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. to be where I'm at. Yes, sir. Because everything is divine and I'm right where I need to be. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Right. All praise be to the most high. I talk, bro. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, man, I'm, I'm at a nice little eight point. No, I'm at an eight two, though. I'm at an eight two, man. I feel good. Like, yeah. I, I always want to say a yeah. But it's like we can never just be ten. Yeah, it's life, life gonna be, yeah, life, gonna be there. So I'm gonna say eight two, man. Can I be real? Can I be real? Every time. Hey, the one week I came in this mug at like a six, but he like stopped up, signs and stuff going wrong and doing that. Boy, like God, dang. But hey, nah. But this week, man, it's been good, and you know we always talk about lessons learned, right? And one of the biggest lessons I learned this week was like just being patient. You know what I'm saying? It's just patience. It's like, it, they keep coming back to me, bro. It's like, you know how they say, if you don't learn the lesson, you got to keep going through it over and over until you get it right. So it's like, it's like God showing me like, bro, work on your patience, my boy. Yeah. Like he keep giving me lessons to do it. And I ain't gonna lie. I keep, I fail something. I ain't gonna lie. You know what I'm saying? I've been failing them. But at the same time, I'm realizing like, I gotta be patient, man. Yeah, I gotta yeah. be patient, man. So yeah, man. Yeah, I think I think that's a, that's something that's kind of hard for, them. especially yeah. when you already see something that you that you want that you yes. going after. Yes. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's hard to be like, all right. Because uh, yeah. everybody, I know everybody, kind of pushed into to notion like, all right, you want it, go get it. Go get it. And I got that problem too. Like, if I want something, I'm I'm going to get it, bro. Mm -hmm. It's no it's no waiting on me. Yeah. But I'm learning too that the things that we want in life is like a it's like a flower. Like you was talking about earlier, once you water it properly, in time, depending on what what you know, depending on what flower you, you, you plant, yes, it takes different time frame. You have to be patient with it. Yes, sir. It's like that's something that's different. Something I'm learning too, brother. Patience. Yes, sir, man. Yeah. You talk about that flower. Yeah. Some flowers you can plant them, you can nurture them, you can grow them, and then you can do something to them. They can help elevate your mind to a yeah. whole another look. What kind of flower you talking about, yeah. my brother? <laughs> Hey, that's our next response. Hey, yeah, 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 so uh, I was born in St. Louis, crossed the bridge, um, but raised in East St. Louis, Illinois. Uh, come from a very strict Pentecostal raising childhood. Mm -hmm. Very limited belief, church six to seven days a week kind of lifestyle mm -hmm. living growing up. So they kind of raised me in a, in a, in a deprived but militant. Uh, type of life, lifestyle and growing up in an environment. So uh, I said about seven, eight years old, the church was actually my grandfather's church. Mm -hmm. And he had a, a candy store adjacent to the church that he would run and uh, make money through the summers and put the family to work in. The grandkids, mm -hmm. his children, we all came up to the ranks of working in the corner store mm -hmm. um, in a city called Madison, Illinois. And so uh, that's where I got my start in entrepreneurship was actually working at, working at my grandfather's church mm -hmm. um, in the physical. But mentally, seeing my grandfather move from Grenada, Mississippi, 
with an eighth grade education coming from sharecropping. Uh, moved to East St. Louis with nothing, with a wife and 10 kids, and to raise them on an eighth grade education, building churches, running stores, owning property and land. That was my first mental taste of entrepreneurship. And just being a child and sitting up looking at that and seeing like, dude, man, you a pastor, but you haven't been to school for none of this. You got all this through hard work and structure. And I would see them always hire people, you know, we grew up cutting grass and working and doing little odd jobs. And just being able to hire people being able to be a blessing to different families, all by the work of his own hands. So I learned then, really, the power of ownership and what having your own money and being able to do as far as moving the economy forward or moving other families forward and being a blessing to your pockets and other families, what that actually looks like in the flesh. So selling penny candy, that's back to you can get penny candy for a real penny. Now you pay a dollar to pay to get hey, 25 pieces. In my hometown, <laughs> in, in my hometown, the Snickers was like two, yeah, two five, bro, two seventy five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back then, the Snickers was a good yeah. forty five fifty yeah, cents. Fifty cents. Yeah, you can get those Snickers for fifty. It's a place in Alabama right now where I go when I go back home. Uh, it's the only store that I know that still sell penny candy. Yeah. You know, every time I go, I. Five dollars, I'm coming out with a brown bag. Number fruities, number fruities, and the airheads still ten cents. He said ten cent airheads and fifty. I mean, a penny on um, fruities. Yeah, you know, and just yeah. airheads a dollar now. Tear them up, bro. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I grew up counting all of them by hand. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and giving them the yeah, cups. Giving them out. You yeah. want a hundred fruities? We got to stand here and count a hundred. You know, so working in the store and also my mom being a kindergarten teacher for St. Louis Public Schools, I grew up in in the numbers game early. Before I went to school, I knew my timetable. I knew how to read. I was growing up in conversations and around people bound, back in the day balancing checkbooks uh, manually. So being exposed to that kind of stuff early it's something that uh, I've always been around as far as entrepreneurship and you know growing up and going further and moving away from them and finding my own way you know that led to the streets that led to me working for the cartel for a little bit early and young when I was 16 17 but just the whole goal of entrepreneurship and what working through your own ideas can create as far as a gift birth into the world not just for the money but for just the ideal of something that that small as a thought can be brought into fruition to bring economic change to the world, man. We got me. That wild me early. You did wild me. That wild me early, man. It's like you talking. It's like you doing this. Like, like <laughs> yeah, bro. I'm just. I'm like, bro. I'm like, we're from Cortina. Yeah, yeah, Crazy, like, like, go through that transition. Like, I know you said you started out working in the store with your grandfather, yeah, right? Yeah, like, how, how was that being a kid, seeing your grandfather grind, and then you at the time may not even understand the grind, you know what I'm saying? Because you know, we kids, my granddad, yeah, ice cream truck, he's like, You come to help me, and I'm like, mm -hmm. Yeah, I want to go play, like, you know what I'm saying? How was that for you, and, and what did you, what was the most important thing that you learned from that? Uh, it was rough, lonely, and in my mind, it was child abuse. <laughs> you know, because when you're around a family like that, honestly, you yeah. don't have a childhood. 
Ain't no fun outside to play no ball. You know, my outlet was honestly the jazz band and the marching band at school. So, you know, that's another story. But I've been playing bass guitar and singing for 25 years as well. So that was my outlet. Music was my outlet. That's the only thing I could do. If you wasn't doing that, uh, Negro, you out there cutting grass. We got 10 properties. You cutting grass, you working at the store. And then my actual father, which was... Uh, my mom's brother, he took me in because my mom wasn't able to raise me. My mother suffers from uh, bipolar schizophrenia. So they took me in at one. So going from being under your real parents but not having a biological father to going to being under somebody who's not your parent, who's never had a child physically, who struggles sometimes with stuff that his father went through, mm -hmm. passing down, I wouldn't say, I know I'm going to say it, generational curses in the form of home training. Uh, battling all through this at the age of 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 on top of not having a childhood. So it, it, it kind of, it was it was a thing that molded my mind early which later I had to grow out of some of those habits because it's not real life. But it's when it comes to the entrepreneur, the man, the standards, uh, the numbers, the no black and no gray areas, black and white, standing on being a man and being a different man in this day and time. Uh, I can appreciate that for what it was. I can appreciate the seeds that that kind of training put me through mm -hmm. as far as such a time as this, where people is running at Allen Mall, stressed out at 26, killing eight, nine people for no apparent reason. So I can, I can appreciate coming up through that and through those ranks now. Uh, transitioning from that, I ran away from home at 15, 16. Because at that point, I'm like, look, I got a job at the Hilton. I'm a doorman now. I know how to do business. I know how to hustle and make my own money. I don't want to be here no more. I don't want to go to church every day. Uh, I want to get out and smell myself. I want to mm -hmm. be a man. I want to get out and experience the world. And so that's what I started doing. And uh, that transition from at 16, 17, you got a job and you making a nice amount of money more than your peers making. You young, you, you think that's the, that's it for you, that's life. So I got comfortable working at the Hilton in St. Louis at 16, 17, pulling in probably two, three hundred a day from tips mm -hmm. and learning, uh, using everything that I learned in customer service from working at the store from numbers to, to, to know how to talk to older people and how to treat them from being sitting under old people all my life. I used that to uh, build and boost revenue working at the Hilton. So I was gift to gab in my way to two, three, four hundred dollars in tips at 16, 17. So you making that kind of money, man, at that time, you're like, hell, I don't need nobody. I don't need to buy by no rules. So after a while, that dried up. Uh, the guys that was actually over that contract at the Hilton sold it and they fired everybody. So now I'm like, shoot, I'm just gonna take my money and just try to hustle and that's what I did. And uh, man, it's crazy we're here in Dallas, Texas now because I took my first trip here working for the cartel, bringing back bundles of 25 to 50 pounds of weed on the Amtrak train back in the late 2000s. 2010, 2011, I was working for myself, but I was working for the cartel. Mm -hmm. I always been to myself. So doing that, man, that's back when they were selling what they call corn. 
That's a good thing. That corn. So, so you had that corn, you had that good. And corn up there in East St. Louis was like Kush. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, you yeah. could buy it down here. Mm-hmm. Back then it was like two, three hundred a pound. So I was coming down here dealing with the uh, the cartel, man, actually out of Plano. And I would always see the big skylight dome with the restaurant mm-hmm. that was spinning. I didn't really know much about Dallas, but I always told myself and I felt like one day, how you gonna live here? Mm-hmm. And now fast forward, you know, X amount of years later, I'm sitting here in Dallas on a podcast, I'm establishing businesses, flowing areas, and different things like that. So it always comes full circle whenever it's meant for you to be. I didn't know that I would have my preview moment, yeah. Yeah. picking up bales of weed, wrapping them in bounce uh, sheets, scared and nervous as that thing at 18, bringing work back to the city to, to support myself and to do other things, but uh, we here now. Yeah. So when I say preview, when we was talking about previews and movies yeah. earlier, you're always given the preview of your movie. So I didn't know that, that the universe was guiding me to Dallas way back then. Yeah, yeah. Dallas has been feeding me for a while now, uh, even when I was doing wrong, yeah. you know. So just to fast forward to that, to, to doing that is what I was doing, man. And uh, so, how how was that transition like going from from like being a young child to having to feel like okay, I gotta go in the streets? You know what I'm saying? I know you said you was raised up in church. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You had a family there. You know, you you had that structure, but like now, it's like you on the block. Like not just on the block. You you on the highway. Like <laughs> yeah, you, you moving and grooving. Like how was that transition? You know, coming coming out of that situation. And, Scary man. Yeah, very scary, but it really was, it was scary to me, but it wasn't scary because the way I'm talking to you now is how I've always been, uh, a nurturer. So even in doing business that's cut up like that, whether I'm talking to the plug or whether I'm talking to a customer or whoever, I'm talking like this. I'll figure out some as, as far as leverage that can give me good favor with a person rather than being cutthroat. And that was my edge in the streets. That's what helped me to be profitable. That's what helped me to calm down and cut the robberies out and not deal with people like that and deal with high class street people was my character and my spirit. So, you know, and there's always been a hedge of protection around me, uh, even in doing that. So the transition, it was scary, but all in all, you're still doing business. And if you're a good businessman across the board with a good spirit and just knowing how to treat the janitor like you treat the manager, mm-hmm. that goes a long way and it crosses over a whole lot of plethoras, plethoras. <laughs> you know, it, cross, it crosses a whole lot of plethoras yeah. in the streets or in an in a, in a office building talking about a $10 million deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of things I tell people, um, your attitude is your altitude. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people only get to certain heights in life because they're too nasty. Mm-hmm. Uh, the attitude. He said they're too nasty. Like, they, they, my grandma called them nice, nice, nasty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they're, they're, they're too nasty. nasty. And, and that's their ceiling, yeah. unfortunately. That's yeah. as high as you're going to go. Mm-hmm. But um, a lot of nicer people, people that have good, clean hands and good, good clean spirits and want to see people thrive and survive. Uh, they don't mind pouring. They don't mind not being selfish mm-hmm. and pouring into people and pouring into 
different deals and pouring into different things. And that ain't got nothing to do with money. Now, that's, just, got, that's got everything to do yeah. with who you are as a person. So what you feel like about, because you know, of course I got to say that the, uh, the good guy finished last. Yeah. Um, which has been like a, cause I'm kind of the same way. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a very negative person. Mm-hmm. I watch the people that's around me for as far as the energy that you bring around me, your aura, who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, my goal is just like every other man, just to be successful. But I don't feel like I gotta step on anybody else's neck to get there. You don't. Um, so of course, but you know, in in most industries, uh, they consider being a good guy, being a level-headed person you can finish last mm-hmm. you know which i never i've never even when i talk to my brother i've never brought up like hey man like we doing this for the, for the money you know what i'm right. saying it's about the money i always tell them all the time but money gonna come i'm not even worried about it. Yeah. money gonna come it's supposed to come like yeah now i'm focused on the grind and work the result mm-hmm. we put out or the effect that we have on other people right but going back to what i was saying like most people really believe that the Good guy finish last. You know what I'm saying? If you're not a yeah. hungry monster, then you're gonna take a hell in mm-hmm. most industry that you're in. Well, that depends on who you sitting behind in the movie. Mm-hmm. Who you running behind? Who you running in front of? It's all about perception when you say something like that. Because uh, you know, that's a judgmental kind of statement that the good guy finish last, and it's a I would say it's a folk tale at this point. Because mentally, emotionally, spiritually, monetarily, physically, whatever, how do we know who's first or who's last? Mm. What scale we use? Who's great? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like you said, it's all, it's all, it's all. Because that goes back to like you said, some of the people that you were even looking up to, and thought that man, this is good. Let me take notes. You found out they were flawed. Yeah. Yeah. But see, even in that though, like, so, right? So, <laughs> if somebody, and this is what I'm learning, right? So, like, take a person um, that that may be like, like, say, some you look up to somebody, right? Mm-hmm. And then you you following them, and then you find out, like, dang, they weren't living what they were saying, right? Mm-hmm. But what they told you worked. Exactly. Does that diminish their word because they weren't living what they say? Yeah. Like what they saying was right because it worked, yeah. but they was just a messed up individual. You know what right. I'm saying? So it's like, right? I, you can still take, you can, and pieces because it, it's a message in anything, bro. Yeah, like it's a message literally in, in anything. And I think, yeah. like you said earlier, we talk about it's the perception, man. It's perception. like how you choose to look at things because it's like the yin and the yang, man. You know, it's like a big white part with mm-hmm. a small black circle. Big black part with a small white circle. It's like positive and negative, right? Mm-hmm. But even in the positive, if the black part is positive and the white part is negative on the black side, you focus on more the black because it's more black on that side. That's more positive you can focus on. Mm-hmm. Say you flip though, you're on the other side and it's more negative, which is the white, and it's a little bit of black, which is the positive. Guess what? Mm-hmm. You still got enough positive to focus on right. to where if you focus on enough of that black part right there, you won't even see the negative around you. So it's like, mm-hmm. I try to take bits and pieces from it. But yeah. in that though, but I'm gonna show you something. Sometimes though, bro, and I say all that to say, not like I, I'm living what I'm saying, because like you say, eat the meat and leave the bone. Sometimes I get so greedy of eating the meat, I get the choking <laughs> on the bone, bro. <laughs> 
saying, man. You know what I'm saying? So it's like eating the fish sandwich. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause your emotions get tied up, especially when we talk about people. You know what I'm saying? Cause like I I love and I love hard. You know what I'm saying? I'm like you said, like I be like the nice guy, but it's like I ain't. Yeah. It feel like the nice guy do, but it's like you gotta keep pushing as the nice guy. You know what I'm saying? As the level headed guy. And I think a lot of people get the nice guy confused with the push up. Mm-hmm. Like you can be a nice guy without being yeah, a push up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, people, yeah. people take your your kindness for weakness. Thanks. You know what I'm saying? Thanks. Um, <clears throat> uh people do overlook or try to overlook who you are just because mm -hmm. me, like I'm like I said, I'm, I'm very level headed. You know what I'm saying? Emotionally I try not to let too many things uh, get under my skin because I'm super understanding. You know what I'm saying? It, it ain't really too much a person can tell me that'll make me be like, all right, I gotta just really just cook, really cut you off. Mm -hmm. Cause like at the end of the day, I'm like, bro, I understand. Like, you know, mm -hmm. we all go through life. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, but at the same time, it's some people latch on to that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And they'll they'll yeah. try to become a leech or they be like, okay, mm -hmm. I, I can get over this. Yeah, see, mm -hmm. I can benefit from. Yeah, I can benefit yeah. from. And a lot of times, I like I just I just like playing dumb, just mm -hmm. see how person mm -hmm. gonna treat me, honestly. Mm -hmm. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? Because if you watch it too much, then they'll know. Like, All right, you be sneaky. Yeah. If I play dumb, bro, they like, I don't even know. If I like I don't know, you gonna do it, and then that's when I go, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Then I put it into perspective. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you this, man. So we talk about like childhood growing up and like going through situations, right? And, mm -hmm. and, and moving and maneuvering. So as you maneuver and as you learning and growing, you going through those situations. Like what was that transition of like, okay, I, I was I was in the streets. Like mm -hmm. now I'm ready to get out of the streets. Like what was that turning moment to where you was like, I just right, enough is enough. Um, two things. One thing is uh, my first daughter being born, um, and I realized I didn't want her to repeat the same cycle. Them girls, bro. Girls. Yeah, I didn't want her to repeat the same yeah. cycle, and I figured out when she was being born that you're the generational curse breaker, so that's when it clicked to me. It's like it's like that's why your path is so different. Mm -hmm. That's why uh, you know it's 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 kind of black sheepish for you. Mm -hmm. You're meant to do a bigger work. Mm -hmm. So now this is a sign for you to go ahead on and tighten up. So she being born on top of um, I ended up selling her undercover from the same batch of stuff I was getting down here. I ended up selling her undercover. Uh, 10 pounds over the span of 60 days and got indicted and uh i said a prayer i'm like man if you get me out of this i i'll never touch it again but you're gonna have to give me something you know and uh just so happened during that case i told you guys about my music background i was in the streets but i was playing guitar um at a pretty prominent church in the city and just so happened the judge over my case went to the church. I didn't know that. So when it came time for me to be arraigned and we were going through trial, she was talking to me like an auntie mm -hmm. because her and my lawyer went to law school together. So man, everything that was in my life was appointed before I was born. Yeah, the protection, the little doors that was left open, the cracks in the window I was just yeah. able to crawl out of. Because yeah. I've been raising myself for a long time, so I didn't have nothing. Mm 
Mm-hmm. But the creator, so if he didn't get me out of certain stuff, boy, I probably wouldn't be seen here today. Yeah. So all of that worked out, man, and uh, I ended up getting intense probation for four years. And that ain't nothing but dropping and, you know, making sure you're drug free, but I, I don't do drugs. I was just selling it to make money. So that song fell off. But I, uh, I was given the sweet tooth, the name of my first food truck, um, in a dream. This uh, this logo you see now was given to me in a dream. And uh, I woke up in 2012 and started a candy store on wheels. And I've been chasing that dream ever since. That's what's up, man. So you got the food truck. Uh, what what like what all business like? You got the food truck. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from the food truck, like, what was it like? Talk to us a little bit about that, like. Like no, you're talking about you're talking about what I have now or what yes, yes, what you have now. What I from, have now from from the food truck to uh-huh. where you are now. Okay, well, we started. I started the Sweet Tooth Food Truck uh, back home, and I'll fast forward with you to 2017. 2017, I got three kids now. Gotcha. Uh, I'm in an economic bind. I'm on child support for three kids. I don't know anything about the court system and how children work. All I'm thinking is. Create a relationship with the mother, be cool, raise the child up. But all in all, I was being manipulated and didn't know it. So I made a decision December 30th. I'm like, look, I need to get out of this city and think bigger. Not just for me. Mm-hmm. For the children. That's my family. Thank you. Yeah, for the children as well. So yeah. I, I packed that food truck up, <clears throat> a 1989 Econoline E354 that I had built by hand off the of Facebook market. I didn't know nothing. I didn't know if the truck would make it here. Mm-hmm. All I knew is get an oil chain for gassing and Let's drive go. to Dallas yeah. and start over. There's no looking back. If yeah. you don't get your behind up now, you may end up dead on you. Get up. So I took the food truck, moved down here, man. Uh, was homeless for a little spell, sleeping off the 360 by the uh, where the trucks line up and mm-hmm. parked by the hotel. I was over there sleeping. Used to have to get cutter candles and put on each end of the window to keep the mosquitoes out. And the 44 glass, 44 ounce glass of styrofoam ice to stay cool during the summers. But I had in my mind that I'm going to make it. I have, I can't feel it's just me, and my children need me. And so. Uh, after a while, the pandemic came, I broke that food truck idea down from food to a funnel cake concept. I figured, man, you can corner a market here in Texas only gets funnel cakes once a year at the mm-hmm. state fair. Yeah. So even if you corner a small market, you're yeah. going to be successful. Yeah, be I ain't seen nobody die from funnel cakes like yeah. Funnel Through Door. Mm-hmm. So I started Funnel Through Food Truck. And uh, we've been rocking Funnel Through Food Truck, but Cousin Cavity in the Cavity has always been in my heart and spirit as far as everything I went to to become who I am today mm-hmm. and how authentic and real it is. So this tooth is a testimony, a story to millennials like me, old people who need a person to look at to show them that you can make it and you can do it. And so I took the food trip concept that was the sweet tooth and turned it into a communications business. Mm-hmm. Uh, the podcast, uh, the merch, Cousin Cavity, he's his own person. Uh, and you know that a person that came from a broken home, raised in the hood, went through child abuse, went through everything and pulled himself out. Some days I ain't had nothing but YouTube videos, but pulled himself out. Um, 
and been through it all and built, rebuilt and rebranded himself to the man that you see today. I, I, I haven't always been this guy. Mm -hmm. I haven't always been able to sit here and talk calm and express myself and uh, be as affluent as I am. Uh, I dropped out of school in the 11th grade. I, I, I have no college degree, uh, but I got mentors and people around me to help me and to cultivate my mind and to be what daddy and mama could never be. Uh, to be what I needed to see to, to get me to the level I am today. So the Cavity Podcast, Funnel Through, and my baby baby is the stock market. That's the love of my life. The stock market. Ooh, hey, the the eighth wonder of the world. Compounded Einstein said yes, is the eighth wonder of the world. Making your money work for you in triple X and or a hundred X and a dollar. Man, I like how, how much time we got lost? Alright, so let me ask you this then, man. With with you saying that you you know the stocks, right? Uh how how did you get into stocks? Well, I got into stocks um, through actually my uncle, my uncle Johnny Green, and he had uh, a can recycling business in the hood back in the day. But he always stayed gone, big family property everywhere, and I'm like, the math ain't right. Mm -hmm. You got crack kids and low, you know, low income people bringing you bags of cans and you paying them, but you taking this metal over to the metal company and they paying you, the aluminum company, and they paying you. And so he started talking to me early about penny stocks, mm -hmm. about investing in gold, about investing in silver and the price of aluminum and how much per pound. And so I was listening to all this early, like I said, during the check balancing stages, mm -hmm. 8, 9, 10, 11. I'm hearing about it, but I don't really know that much about it. Mm -hmm. But I see the lifestyle it's producing it is. and how you're one person generating this kind of income and wealth for yourself that's spreading across vast incomes and that stuff that you're making for yourself. So the stock market, you know, has always been a baby of mine since then. He always told me, throw a little bit at that SPX and that S&P every year. I don't care what you got, put it in there. Say that, throw some more in there the next year. It's the fastest growing commodity that we've ever seen in the stock market. Uh, Percentage-wise, it raises every year. Just throw some at the S&P. So that's how I started it. But as I got older and joining, you know, stuff like Recession Proofs and listening to M500, I got introduced to another thing we call stock options, and that kind of sparked my interest as an older man for another leg of income. So I thought, but I didn't know once you get into the stock market like that, it affects your emotions. It affects your money management. It teaches you all kind of psychology skills. It goes back to reconstructs and break down how you think about money, how you see money, as far as how you was raised, how your parents saved money, uh, how your parents utilized money, how, what they believed in investing. So once I got into the stock market, I didn't know I was getting into a therapy session as well. <laughs> <laughs> they would break down everything that I thought concerning money, yeah. uh, how much money I thought I deserved, how much money I thought I was worth. Uh, my beliefs are limited beliefs around money. I didn't know all of this would open me up to that. Gotcha. And making money would be a byproduct of what I learned emotionally and, and mentally concerning the stock market. So stock options has been, uh, man, the bread and butter, the ATM machine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You coming?
Hey, so for the people that may not know, what what is stock options? Stock options, stock options is uh, buying a fractional share at a fractional of a price of a full stock, but you're selling commodities to people just like you and institutions versus holding one stock for a long period of time, you're able to trade this stock within minutes, seconds, hours, days, all a day to make a profit on it right then and there versus buying it and holding it for so long. So it's the practice of buying and selling shares at a fractional price uh, within a shorter time frame than traditional institutional investing. So I'm just now learning the whole <coughs> stock option. I'm, I'm, I'm a newbie, very, very newbie. Uh, <clears throat> so what's some, what's some advice that you would give, give to somebody that's wanting to get into it, you know what I'm saying? They see the lifestyle that it can produce, uh -huh. uh, but they know nothing about it. Well, what's the first direction you would point to? Uh, my first direction and point is to be, to be, would be to anyone that's getting into it, is, would, would be, uh, please come into it with an open mind because this is a tool that can create the kind of wealth that you probably don't even see yourself being worthy of having. So I would say to anybody who's looking to get into it, uh, be ready for change. Don't be hesitant to change. Um, and I'm talking about change within self. Because once you figure out that it takes you to run the machine, to read and press the button to make the money or make the trades. Then you'll figure out that everything that you ever dreamed about or ever wanted from trading or even wanted to learn to trade or even if you're just getting in it for the income, everything that you learned about or wanted is simply too small. So you gotta do what? Think big. You gotta think a whole lot bigger whole lot bigger so anybody who wanted to go into it I, I i encourage you to go into it uh there's nothing like seeing your pennies turn to dollars uh at a fast rate uh there's nothing like seeing your education work for you and you seeing how smart you are according to your p l which is your profit and loss in your account there's nothing like seeing you build an account from five thousand to fifty thousand dollars to five hundred thousand over five million dollars uh, mm. All through studying and wisdom and knowledge, and you pressing a button on your phone, and you can do this from anywhere. Man, where my phone? Man? You can man, do I'm this dumb. from anywhere. <laughs> Shoot, man, listen. <laughs> hey, hey, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. I will say this. <clears throat> so, me and me and then we had these talks for for a minute. I, I've been on him for a while, mm -hmm. but it's. The, the ability to make money off the phone. Yeah. Um, I think the hardest thing that I had coming up uh, was, I don't want to say it's challenging, but it's definitely uh, breaking the generational curse. Mm -hmm. Man, my parents, they kind of grew up in the whole, the, the old mindset of, you know, you get a good job, retire, and that's, that's life for you. You know what I'm saying? And you, you pretty much, you be happy with whatever else comes outside of it. Uh, and we always used to bump heads, man, because I never felt like that was just the lifestyle I wanted. You know, like I, it's, it's nothing against uh, working. It's nothing against nine to fives. I feel like they, they, they can be a great tool. But uh, even recently, even talking to him, was just, I, I look at a job now, it's like just a, a partnership or a bank to fund something else. Mm -hmm. So, um, but 
just sitting back retiring, working somewhere that's just never been something I feel like I've always saw myself doing. I've always saw myself creating something more, building something more. But you know, like you said, we all got daughters too. So my thing would be like giving my daughter something, giving my daughter an uh, opportunity, giving my daughter a chance to be something different, you know, whatever she feel like she wants to be. In my household, I really had to kind of just argue and fight like, man, like, you know, working a job is retired, that's just not right. right. So, right. the ability now to make that kind of money off a of phone yeah. is like, bro, is is mind-blowing. Yeah, you know what I'm and you got to get used to it. Thanks. You got to get Thanks. used to it because there are some days I wake up and it's, it's, it'll blow your mind. But there's people that's not like us and don't look like us that do it every day. They wake up, they make probably a million or two within 20 to 30 minutes to an hour, and they've been doing it. This is their norm. And if they don't do that, they feel feel bad. So it's like, you have to get used to it. You You gotta really sit in that car and recognize, I deserve this. And due to our skin color, Due to how we was raised, due to different things, sometimes, boy, it's hard to grasp and accept your own blessings. Can't be Sometimes it's hard, but all you need is a little push. Like your daughter, my daughter, the little push. All we needed. Uh, August 28, 1963. There was a man standing in Washington for the first time in front of like 25, 30, it's probably 50,000 people, and it was televised. And he'd been doing speeches for a long time. But on August 28, 1963, like this is the biggest crowd he's ever spoken in. And he's used to speaking in churches, speaking in schools in front of little people. And uh, he got up there and started talking around and, and started getting off the subject and started kind of stuttering a little bit. And his best friend hollered out in the back, tell him about the dream, Martin. From that point, I have a dream was born. All you need is a little push. Mm. 1934, there was a guy that bought a gas station on the side of the road in the Great Depression where hamburgers was the number one selling fast food and it was just starting to happen. Like we was, they were used to like sharecropping days and everybody cooking, but fast food being a mainstream thing in 1934, everybody came out with burgers. But this guy had a vision for chicken. So he figured out that cooking chicken during the Great Depression, where women couldn't find work, it wasn't good for them to work, and men couldn't find work either. He figured that the corner of the market in the South would be to cook chicken. And he did this and took himself through school, through business school and everything, through the help of his grandmother telling him, this is what you need to do. And from that, we get KFC from Colonel Sanders. All you need to serve KFC. <laughs> All you need is a little All you need is a push, man. So, yeah. Bro, yeah. Bro, it's, it's, man, we got... Can I be real, bro? Can, hey, listen, listen, can listen. Can I be real, bro? Hey, but before we get out of here, before we get out of here, because we, we we do something every every show, we have a can I be real moment, man. And um, in this moment, we ask you a question, and we want you to get the most realest answer possible, right? Uh-oh. Um, they might not want to hear it. Yeah, hey, 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 h
pick up their phone mm -hmm. and 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 do something in the stock market in options mm -hmm. to where in five days and three days in a day mm -hmm. where they can see some type of results where they can make some money okay uh i would say top-down analysis starting at the daily time frame we have something that we call the 21 ema which is a moving average what is the stock market moved at and the prices that is traded during the past 21 days basically that's why we call it the 21. i call it the messiah because it's the strongest level on the board that tells you how to trade and simply if you're running green bullish um going up above the 21 play nothing but calls when the time and when the trend changes for calls if you're running bearish under the 21 Play nothing but puts when the time calls for puts. That's the easiest way. On the daily time frame, if it's above the 21, play calls. If it's beneath the 21, on the daily time frame, play puts. And that, the market may open up in a pullback against what you're supposed to play. Don't touch it, be disciplined, do not touch that, do not play it until it goes within the trend according to the daily time frame. That's a simple tip to get rich as hell if you're patient. And listen, and, it's and, that and, simple. And, and, and do one, that. Don't listen to yeah, your yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah. Don't jump in. I'm gonna get yeah. you out. Just play the trend only. Yeah. Don't gamble. Don't guess. Play the trend. I guarantee you, doing that one itty bitty method, you will compound wins and see a whole lot more money faster than doing it your own way. Let me ask you one more question to go to that. This is a part two part. Okay. What what stock would you give them to look at next week to utilize the tools that you just gave? I will give you stocks with a high ATR and I will give you stocks that's uh, in the peak season, which is earnings season. And we're in uh, tech earnings season. So your Apples, your Netflixes, your Snowflakes, your NVIDIAs, your QQQs, people that produce uh, chips and stuff for computers and tech and stuff like that. Uh, also, banks are doing bad but good. So you want to latch on to the good bank. And the heroes of the good bank right now is JPM. Boy, you can get rich off JP Morgan right now because they buy every bank that's going down. So JP Morgan is a real good one right now to watch if you want to make money. But my daily picks right now that does not fail me, I would have to say in tech would be Meta, uh, JP Morgan, NVDA, which is NVIDIA. This um, is a killer. In phase, which is a is a uh, energy company, QQQ is kind of very volatile right now. It's been doing way too much. Uh, so I, I QQQ is my baby. It's real cheap. You can get in there and get rich for babies. So I haven't been really dealing with that. But uh, Snowflake is another. Snowflake is another tech stock that's very good. And the stocks that I'm telling you have high ATRs, which is the average true range. Average true range is how much a stock runs dollar and a penny a wise a day. So each of these have on average run seven, eight dollars a day, so you got plenty enough for them to eat. Hey man, listen, if if y'all hear this part, if you just break that rewind this last five minutes <laughs> and he said like over a hundred keywords that you need to write down and go research <laughs> and put this information together. He said, 
Hey, well, I've been sitting there learning. I usually hey. have some stuff to say. I've been learning. I just gave you a million dollars worth of game. Uh, you just I gave the formula. Uh, you just I gave you a million dollars yeah. worth of game. Yeah. Oh, can I be yeah. real? That's what I'm saying. It ain't I'm a straight saying, to go with it, man. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. Just, it is, I appreciate it's, that, it's, it's very simple. Just do, just do that. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. You, you, you may start off seeing $10. You may start off seeing, you know, $1,000. But anything green is better than anything red. And we don't trade to gamble. We don't trade to lose. We trade to get rich and to set our family free along with others. So that's that. Man, my, my question, man, that's, I don't even know how to top that, but uh, my question real simple, man. So who. Well, your spirit leaping, I can bro, feel it. Bro, who yeah. does Jeff Green want to be overall, ultimately? Uh, ultimately, I want to be the best version of me that I can uh, for the world because I'm a sponge. I learn things, I pick up things, I eat the meat and throw away the bones with certain things, but that sponge has, that sponge has to be wrung out. So when you talk about being the salt of the earth, when the Bible talks about that, when you talk about pouring into other people's lives, I'm only regurgitating what I've learned. So I want to be just that vessel, man, to say, man, if that dude could do it, he went from, you know, being raised in broken homes or whatever, hell, I can do it. Yeah. You know, I got family around me. They may not support me like that, but if I see him come from family that was broken, oh, I can do it. Oh, I may not have nobody supportive around me. I know he came up. He really didn't have nobody supporting him but him. And he said earlier that he pretty much raised himself watching YouTube videos and stuff. So if he can do that, and I got a college degree, then I can do a little bit more. Yeah. So this is just motivation, man, and using my life and story as, uh, as seeds and waters. It's not really about me. I'm glad that it's happening through me. Uh, it feels good, yeah. you know, yeah, to yeah. come from where I'm from, but yeah. I know there's so much more to obtain. So the people that I touch and shake hands with along the way is what it's about for me. It's not really about me. And I'm thankful to have that mindset because for uh, before and for many years I didn't. Yeah. And once I was able to learn that, man, the sponge like got bigger for me and I moved stuff around in my head and I was able to take more information. They brought me to higher levels of understanding, higher levels of finance and different things like that. So I just want to be a vessel, man. That's it. Can I be real? <laughs> can I be real? Jeff, <laughs> let them know where they can find you at, man. Man, you can find me on Instagram, the Cavity Podcast, or Funnel Through. You can come through. We got the best funnel cakes in the city of Dallas. Uh, look for us on a couple of Big Food Network soon with product. Uh, you can look for the Cavity Podcast, working with my guys that cannot be real. Um, and you, you ain't got no Reddit, do you? Ain't got, you ain't got nah, no? man, not right now. I wish I did. But yeah, find it on that. And uh, yeah. Just like that. Just, Just like, like that, that, bro. And hopefully this ain't my last time. Nah, this ain't nah, bro. And hey, we're gonna come back with a whole master. Ooh, we need to do a master class episode on nothing but stock options. Okay.
Let's do this. We can do that. Let's do this. And we got some break stuff, down bro. some we got, words that you, you know some, what I mean? We got some stuff, bro. Yeah, 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 we, we got yeah, some yeah. stuff that's, that's, that's going to be a mind shaker right Not there. Fair. If you ain't ready to think and be inspired yeah. or change the way you think. Yeah. Because it's, it's, like, it's a psychology behind it. It's psychology. Yeah. That's all we're going to be talking about. Can I be real? Can I be real? Yes, sir. Thank you, Yeah. Jill. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, my boy. Yes, sir.